everyone. Welcome to the brand new season of For the Love of Books podcast featuring indie and small press authors with host author Emma Polova. I would like to thank our sponsors, Doc Chavet and the Lowell Ledger, our hometown newspaper in Lowell, Michigan. Today, I will be chatting with author Larry Maley about his book, Immersion, The Chronicles of the Maynard. Maley will announce the details of his book giveaway at the end of the interview. Writing is Maley's latest venture. After trying his hand at being a design engineer, patented inventor, and entrepreneur, he lives in Michigan. Hello, Larry. How are you on this hot summer day? I'm good, and I'm enjoying the heck out of the weather after the winter oh, we had. Me too. I just love it. <sighs> Okay, I love your premise that life itself is magic that happens every day, everywhere. Can you elaborate on this? How did you come to this insight? Well, um, it it's basically sums up the magic system. Because when, when I started writing the book, I, I had to come up with a unique magic system. Uh, sorry about that, my phone. Um I had to come up with a unique magic system. And one of the, the things that kind of gets embroiled in the book is about stealing magic from people by sacrifice. So that kind of ran into the whole thing of, of life is the magic, but then there has to be an opposite, right? So there's right. also death magic. So the, the, the manar are the people that can use the magic. There are life manar and there are death manar. And, and that kind of, once I started churning the, this magic system out, the whole story kind of fell in place on, on who the bad guys are going to be and, and, and how the, the, the people are going to discover their way through this world. And like, like at, at the beginning of the book, you know, the magic hasn't been around for 500 years at least. You know, so now now it's coming back and there's a reason why it's coming back. And that's one of the things that I wanted to lead the reader along is to have him discover as the characters are discovering why there is this return of this this magic. Why is evil introduced back into the world again? And so that, that that's basically the premises of, of, that's of the, the, the whole book. So what inspired it? I mean, how and when did the idea to write immersion occur to you? Um, there, there's a lot of answers to that. Okay, <laughs> one of them is that I, I've been me and my brother. We've been we're we're both book bookophiles, and and we we're constantly reviewing books and stuff, and and. It, throughout the course of that, you know, we, we of course, we're, we're criticizing ones we don't like and stuff. And finally, one day, I just thought, I better put my money where my mouth is. If I if I can, you know, you know, say this book is bad and this book is good. You know, what makes me uh, what makes me qualified if I've never written a book myself? So I just started with the opening line, you know, uh, about a village, you know, and and uh, so and and. Again, I, I've had many ideas that I wanted to 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 put in a print over years, and this was just the one that that I that I started with. And I, I don't know what else to say about that. Okay, no, no, that's fine. How long did it take you to write this? From the initial eight months, eight mm -hmm. months to get the rough draft. I, to I get was, the rough draft. Yeah, All you right. know, I, I, I'll I'll tell you one thing that kind of helped me along in 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 this whole venture is. Uh, I have a favorite author, Rachel Aaron, and uh, 
she has a, a book. She, she's got some really nice uh, fantasy series and sci-fis, but she wrote a book on how to go from 2K to 10K words in a day for authors. Okay. Okay. And I, and I read, I read her book and it, it, it basically, she opened my eyes to uh, writing a book is no different than being a dungeon master in the game Dungeons and Dragons. And I was a dungeon master when I was a kid. So I just approached it like I was writing an adventure for people to to uh, to play through. Okay. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but that's kind of that's kind of that's kind of how the process of this went on. Now I never got to 10k words a day. I think wow, 10,000 words a day is is an impossible deal. Hey. I, I I if I get 2,000 words in a day, man, I'm I'm plugging along good. Oh yeah. Yeah, you I know really, you're an author, so you, you, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. You really make it sound easy, which I usually participate in the Nano Challenge, Nano 50K, and you have to write, there's a quota per day, 1,776, somewhere around there, words, and that is rough. That right. is rough going. Just under 2,000. That's rough going. Congratulations right. on it is. that. Well, it is. Well, it is, but but the thing is, is is I think I found that you know the days that I did get three or four thousand, those were a big editing, you know. So there was extra work later because uh-huh. you know. It, so yeah. like right right now, I'm probably averaging five six hundred a day because yeah. I'm in the middle of releasing the second book. Right. So my my writing time is really limited. I've got an autistic daughter that I'm a full time caregiver for. Yeah, you mentioned you know that. so. So yeah, so you know, I, right now I'm not worried about about my word quota. Once right. once I've got this the second book out and and I'm oh, not yeah. worried about this stuff, oh. then I'll I'll try to up my word count again. Oh yeah, can you give us a brief summary of immersion? Um, immersion, it, like you say, is the start of the Chronicles of the Manar. Okay, um, the the my goal on beginning to as beginning author was I wanted to see if I could get the the reader to like the characters and fall and, and step with them. And that's what, you know, my first five or six chapters, I'm all on character development. Mm-hmm. And, um, and what, one of the things that I did is I, as I told myself, okay, if I get six chapters done, I'm going to have my brother read it. My brother, who's my fellow critic with me mm-hmm. and ask him, is this good enough for me to go forward or not? You know, so he says, "Yeah, I want to. I want to hear what happens." And so, so I I accomplished what I what I set out to do. My brother was was behind the characters, and he wanted to find out what happened to them next. Excellent. And and that's how I went. I went from character development to world development to you know, and and from from there. So, um, immersion itself is their discovery of how they they uh, can tap into uh, the. Uh, the magic that's returning to the world, and and it 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 happens at their the annual harvest fans where they're or dance where they're having a good time. The family, the whole village is together. Things are going really great. They're developed romantically with with uh, their significant others, and um, then uh, all of a sudden there, there's a war. You know, they're they're attacked right in the middle of the the harvest dance when they're having a good time, and the kids are the my my. I have six main protagonists. There's mm-hmm. and there, then there's their friends that kind of hover on the outside. It's really a it's like it's an epic adventure. So there's a lot of characters, but my six main ones, um, 
they are the focus of what is called an immersion. An immersion is when uh, life mana is released upon death. And so the life mana found these six. And again, that's the part of the reader's discoveries to find out why were these six? Why did they get the magic? And and what mm-hmm. it, what is it about? And again, it, it just I want I didn't want to dump it all on the, the reader at the beginning. I wanted to drag them through. That's why it's chronicles. I, I, I um it's the chronicles of the main art because I, I broke the first book into three chronicles. The second book is two chronicles, and the third book will be three chronicles. But each chronicle uh, represents a stage in their development, and, and you as the reader can see, you know that this first chronicle they're they're kind of fumbling around with it they, mm-hmm. the second chronicle they 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 you know there's different levels of maturity so as they're maturing as adults they're also maturing as as wizards you know if not with lack of a better word although they don't call themselves wizards manar is their word manar is the word so these are the six students right and you follow them through the chronicles through yes how they evolve all right. So what would you consider the genre of this book? Um, I say it's fantasy uh, mm-hmm. for adults. I've heard people re- inter- or review it and say it's a young adult fan- fantasy. Um, I never set out to write an adult, I, uh, young adult fantasy. I set out to write a fantasy that I would enjoy. Okay. They may right. go to a young adult as, as their go-to on it because there's very very little swearing. There's no sex. Um, I I I don't. The things that I don't like reading are, are, aren't in there. So it's right. it's 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 a clean book, and um, you know the 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 romance is all innocent. You know I don't I don't I don't like uh, to read that stuff myself, so I don't write it. Sure, that makes sense. What was the biggest challenge in writing immersion? The biggest challenge in writing immersion. That's a that's a hard question. Um time is is the big mm-hmm. one. Uh again, I, um well, no, I I I I have to go back on that. The the biggest challenge, well, is it, it isn't in the writing of it. That's that's actually uh what I'm going through right now is being an indie writer is a big challenge. Um writing it, I I I'm sorry, I can't put a finger on on the, challenges because i was that's enjoying right. it well that i was that's in, per- that's a perfect answer <laughs> what was the most gratifying part if there were no challenges then there must have been really uh good parts right or yeah when, when, was- when 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 people picked up on the little stuff that that you know that i've gotten there uh the you know certain relationships and stuff and that 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 always made me made me feel good, you know. That mm-hmm. he, he got it, you know, because um, yeah. I do I do I do try to uh, put a lot of intricacies into the characters and stuff. Um, like for I'll give you one. What I, I was so tickled when when one of my beta readers caught this. Mick's Mick, my main character is Mick. Okay, he's a young goat herder, beginning of the book, and he's really generally the the leader of my protagonist. His first words in the book are. I am now. His mom asked him, Mick, are you awake? I am now. Then later on at the end of Chronicle 1, he's asked, are you ready to leave? You know, things are going bad. He says, I am now. And then at the end of the book, he says, I am now. So we, I've, got, I've got these key points where his uh-huh. catchphrase is, I am now. And, I, and that pleased me that somebody caught that. Now, 
I've kind of carried that forward in the next book, you know, instead mm -hmm. of mixing it, it's his, his, his girlfriend to read is saying we are now. So I've kind of got little things like that, that, that I just think add to it. And, and it, it pleased me that people caught on to that stuff. That's great. What was the biggest surprise that came out of your book? Any surprises along the way? I'll tell you, the biggest surprise I had was finding that my characters led the way. Oh, yeah. And and there's a yeah. I, I there was a spot and it actually the excerpt that I'm gonna read is 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 a battle that took place, not because it was in my outline, because my characters didn't uh, they 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 moved outside the 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 outline. For what I mean is is Mick and Nareed, again, they're the, the main two of the six protagonists. They're they're entering an area where there's an evacuation. There's bad guys coming. The army's there. They're getting ready to battle so that all the civilians can escape. In my outline, they're going with the civilians. They're still young kids. They're not expecting mm -hmm. to fight. Right. So they're 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 gonna they're gonna leave and, and join the Exodus South. And while the, the army stays behind to try to uh, make the good their retreat or their, their escape. And all of a sudden, Nareed says, we can help him. And Mick says, right, let's go. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm starting down that path. And I'm like, wait a second. That's not in the outline. What are they doing? You know, <laughs> I was like outside the book looking at what, what my characters were doing. And then I kind of thought about it. And again, it goes back to my Dungeons and Dragons days. I just said, okay, I just roll with it. Yeah, and as a result, oh, yeah. this battle, this battle came up. It's one, it's one of the the climax scenes of the book. It's not the climax, but it's one of the climactic scenes that that uh, really came up good. And as a matter of fact, you know, I, I started to mention to you about my audio book. Um, yes. It is, it is the it was this this particular scene was on the audition and is what it's what sealed the deal when I heard my reader read this because he had such an epic take at it. It's just like I he wasn't even on the, the short list. Uh -huh. I, I had my short list. The day I was going to pick my my reader, um, his audition came in. I thought, nope, I'm not going to listen to it. I'm I'm not let. These are my people. I got to pick from these. So I listened to it, and it was like, oh, this is the guy. So, so it was it's kind of one of those things. But but it, this scene has that epic feel, and I wanted somebody that could 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 read convey that. Yeah. Absolutely. What do you feel you did right? No one could have done it like you. Oh boy, that's another hard one. Um, <sighs> I don't know if I have an answer to that. That's um, all right. I mean, if if, if, okay. if I could probably come up with one later, but at, at, at the moment, that's fine. What? That's fine. What would you have done differently? Maybe the opposite will inspire you. Uh, what would I have done differently? Mm -hmm. um, I would have edited it another 10 times because no matter how many times you edit it, you're going to read it and, and, or listen to it at a, at a later date. And you're going to find, I got to go back and change it. So I've got all these things in my head that someday if I, if, if, if this ever became a uh, successful, I, I would do in a second edition, I would fix up a lot of these little things, you know, but most people I don't think would, would, would see them. Uh, you know, it's like a repeat word, two or three sentences later. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I should have done a thesaurus, you know, that sort of thing. When when those come out, I get really, really, uh, you know, at myself that I, that I missed it. What are some of the takeaways from immersion? 
Um, the takeaways are that people that are in bad situations uh, team up and, and, you know, they, 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 they don't have that again. That's another pet peeve that I see on TV and movies nowadays. They mm -hmm. always gotta, they always gotta generate uh, conflict between the good guys, you know. So not mm -hmm. only do they have the bad guys, but they got they got their friends that they've got this interpersonal conflict for. And I don't believe that people, when they're facing uh, a common enemy, uh, pick on each other. They, they they're they're more focused on 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 their allies being with them than you know uh, than than that conflict. And some books that I read, when when the conflict gets just too much, I have to put it down. You know, uh -huh. a little bit is okay. A little bit of tension, but conflict on on people with people that are in a bad situation trying to uh -huh. struggle through together. Um, I don't think that. And, and 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 I don't like reading conflict between the between the characters. So again, I wrote the book that I like. Right, sounds like it. Would you do it all over again? Your writing career? Do you have any regrets? No, I, I'm I'm enjoying it, and I plan on going going forward. Once I want I want to have this whole trilogy behind me, and then I want to start attacking some of my other ideas. How about your author's events? What is the most interesting, bizarre thing that has ever happened to you during an in-person author event, if you had any, or during a virtual event? Um, I've only had a few, and uh, I'm trying to think. Um, really, just being being there with other authors was inspiring more than you know, anything, uh, you know, that really sticks out. I enjoyed just talking to the other authors and, mm -hmm. and people of like mine and like hopes and stuff. Uh, that's what I liked about those events. As far as people coming up to see my book and, and stuff. Um, I, I, I don't know. Cause I, I, I really need a lot more feedback from people. You know, I, I've had all such great feedback from everybody I know, but it's it's the outside strangers, people that I never met before. I want to hear mm -hmm. what they think, you know, because I, right. I I know that my friends and family sugarcoat things. Maybe maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but I got to find out. Yeah. What's next and, for Larry on your writing journey? Um, after I finish the third book, I'm going to do a sci-fi. I don't want to get too far into it, but um, it's one that I had had ideas for a long time. Uh. Um, Tell us about your book number two that's coming out soon. Book number two is out June first. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, and and book number one uh, is all about escape. You know, and and, and like I say, the development. Uh, book number two is uh, starts off with Mick leading his friends across the choke. The choke is a big rift canyon. I, um, I, I really. That's, that's another thing in, along my whole writer's journey is everything that I put in my book, I researched, okay, to make sure I wasn't mm -hmm. making a faux pas. Like I, I, I studied the plate tectonics and that's what basically this canyon is. It's plate tectonics of two okay. continents separating. So I made mm -hmm. sure that I, I detailed that out. So book two starts with them crossing this, this gigantic rift valley 
uh, that's full of danger and stuff. And, and uh, Mick's going to, uh, to a place where there may be knowledge about, uh, about Manar and magic so that he can understand what he's got to do to take uh, the fight back to the bad guys. So that, that's kind of, that's what uh, immersion is about them being immersed in the power and, and how they got it. Mm-hmm. And, and immersion is definitely a thing that they learn about. Okay. Uh, it, it happens when uh, there's, there's a lot of uh, life mana released by, people that that are close knit and that's and again the the immersion starts off in a goody good two shoes village that everything is just too good to be true people like each other mm-hmm. they're they're helping each other they work together to survive and and that is and and I even say it in the book that is the essence of an immersion when the, when those people who all care so much about each other when they're slaughtered in this 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 attack all their life mana finds somebody to to cling to. It finds us my six and they're the immersed. And they so they've got all the magic of the life mat mana of the people that 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 lost their lives in the attack. All right. So, I'm sorry. I mean, so re- redemption is about learning how to to take their mana back and and, okay. and undo the bad guys. So redemption follows immersion, right? Yes. Good. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. Larry, would you like to read to us? Sure. Okay, and like I said, this 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 is basically the same uh, excerpt. Like I told you, uh, this was a battle that I didn't didn't plan in my outline. It just kind of happened. My character, as where I'm, where I'm going to start reading. They have already confronted three witches uh, from the enemy. The the death manor are witches. They're basically undead, and uh, that's where we start. The, the 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 six protagonists are confronting these these uh, witches. Okay. Um, the following sounds to the witches' offer did not last long. Narid's breath was let go in a grunt, releasing force and flame. The size of the ball of fire that she pushed at the three hags was the largest Mick had seen her throw yet. Every eye was fixed on the scene. All tracked the progress of the fireball as it arced over the distance between the life and death minor. It splashed over the three witches. For a moment, the flames licked and swirled around the three hags. It was as if the blazing fingers of fire were trying to find a way in, a crack in the hags' defensive shield. It fizzled out, revealing the witches unharmed. Nice, the witch on the right crowed. My turn. A streak of light descended from the clowns above. When it was a hundred feet above the heads of the Arasans, it split into separate shafts of sizzling light. One for each of the Arasans near to the Immerse, who would defy the Frostma witches. As they had been covered by mixed protective shielding, the lightning strike designated for each defending warrior only came within a hand span of their skin. It left a severe burn on each of the recipients, but the but that was not the only effect of the attack. There was a pressure that came down with the power. It pushed against the blanket of life mana that extended above them like an umbrella. The protection yielded to it, forcing the people beneath it, beneath it down, first applying pressure to heads that bent necks, then shoulders bending backs, and finally legs, Slowly, it forced every protected Arasan to their knees. There were still many that were outside the protective influence of Mike's mana. These, the witch on the left, started playing with, calling down individual strikes 
upon each of the unprotected men that she sensed. One at a time, each kill brought her more joy than the last. The smell of burning flesh and the cries of the victim's friends had affected Stina, the soft-spoken girl who could not tolerate the suffering of others. Stina stood straight. The oppressive force from above popped like a bubble. She stepped forward, not the girl that made soup for the sick or used manna to heal broken ankles. This was the girl who crushed the hearts of rapists and, witch and witches. Kibi stepped up with her. Now, for the first time, he saw the light of her manna. It enveloped Stina, and, and it was icy blue, cold as death. The three witches stopped their attack and gazed upon Stina with unabated joy. Here was one of their own, a true sister. But Stina was not feeling the family connection. She stretched her hands, and a torrent of blue light gushed from her palms. It was not a sight reserved for Mick and Reed, or even Kibi alone. Everybody on the following battlefield could see the bright blue light, and it struck the sisterly witches directly. Like Nareed's flame, it surrounded and engulfed the Magi in their cocoon of protective mana. It became a cage that had them trapped. When, anyone, when any who watched could get a brief glimpse of the witches' faces, they revealed discomfort and fear. The orb of Stina's mana started to move. She stood out alone from all around her as if she were standing in a private ray of sunlight. There was no sun. This was her light alone, a small figure wielding great power, and she was bent on using that power to hurl the three trapped inside her manosphere against the distant bluff. She struggled against the force that worked to slow her efforts. The desperate witches inside were applying their own strength, juxtaposed to Stina's, but the cage moved. It moved, gaining speed and momentum. Faster, it arrived at the bluff and dashed against the rock. The blue light splashed like a wave over the against the shore. It was gone. Stina fell, and Kibi was there to catch her. The Frostmas soldiers, many times the number of the remaining Erasmus, began to flee. The pendulum of terror and triumph reached the zenith and changed direction again. There, at the base of the cliff, stood the three witches, and a rolling thunder boomed across the plain. The ground rolled and rippled from the power now in play. Those that did not fall ran. Frostmust soldiers ran north, and, and the Rassins ran south. The witches began to walk again from the shadow of the cliff behind them to where the immersed and those who would, who would stay to defend them were standing alone. In their face was the disbelief that the Magi lived. Kibi was carrying Stina as fast as he could away from the fighting following the panicked Rassins. Gris said, I don't think we can win this one, kids. Let's run. Mick did not think escape from the returning witches was going to be possible. He turned to Nareed and said, the bluff. Perfect. Thank you. You could have recorded the audio book yourself. Well, you <laughs> know what? so good. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I listened to it so much. I was basically just trying to emulate. <laughs> I think if, if, I, if I had tried to read that myself for the first time, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have done that, but I was trying to sound like my reader. Oh, wow. You sounded really great. Well, thank you. All right. Can you give us the details of your book giveaway of immersion? Well, what, what we're going to do is just like, like your suggestion, the first, uh, first person to email me, I'll send them immersion. Uh, the second and the third, I'm going to send them, uh, the second reaping, uh, which is basically 
like you say, it's this is three chronicles. This is the first chronicle, so it's the first eleven chapters out of immersion. So I'll I'll, I'll reward three people with with uh with books. Okay, and could you give us your email address? My email is Mailey Larry M A L E Y L A R R Y at yahoo.com. Okay, one more time. Mailey Larry at yahoo.com. Okay, good. And now parting shots from each one of us. Larry, you go first. You're my guest. What would you like to leave our listeners with? Um, I would really like to hear what anybody who reads my book, what 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 their thoughts are on it. I, I really want that, that feedback, good, bad, and different. I want to know what people think. You know, it'll, it'll help me uh, decide what, I, what I'm going forward with. Um, you know, and, and another side thing, I, I don't, you know, want to keep throwing this in there, but my hope is that this is something that I can create as a legacy for after I'm gone to take care of my daughter. I, you know, Aww. royalties are a long time. If, if, if I ever, if I ever reached that success, I would, I would rest assured that my daughter or my, my son had the, the means to take care of my daughter the way she needs to be. Oh, that's so, beautiful. What is your daughter's name? Samantha. And at the very first of the book, it says for Samantha. Oh, so the book is dedicated to it's Samantha. It's dedicated to my daughter, yes. Your daughter. Oh, beautiful. My parting shots are write indie, buy indie, and read indie. Read your local newspapers for inspiration. Keep your fingers on the keyboard and your butt in the chair. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.